TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Back here on the KNC Masterpiece on 105.3 The Fan, and we'll get into the conversation about the Rangers and how difficult or how easy it might be to rock at it again, go back-to-back with the World Series with some audio from Bruce Bochy. But I think this is always an interesting game, Mike, whenever it comes to the coach has said that he is staying with his team, and then some other news comes out. So Ben Johnson, who, I mean, like, should be a pretty hot offensive coordinator, head coach name, says, I'm staying with the Lions. I want to win a championship. But remember when Dan Quinn said, I'm staying with the Cowboys and we asked Jerry Jones, we were like, so like, how did that work? Did you just, just make the best offer? And he was like, Dan wants to be here. Well, Adam Schefter says Ben Johnson was not the head coaching lock that people thought and his asking price spooked some teams per sources. So I bet those sources, probably some GMs of the Seahawks and commanders that they're like, that dude's not that good and he's going to be too expensive. We don't want that guy. Don't worry about it. Our fan base, everything's fine. Do you think Detroit, and I don't know this because what Jerry Jones has done for Dan Quinn is he's paid him head coach money Mm -hmm. to be the defensive coordinator. Like, Hey, if, if it's about money, I'm going to give you that money that Seattle supposedly is going to give you to be the head coach. So if you want to go be the head coach, go be the head coach, but I'll kind of match that contract or get close to it to make sure that I just wonder Detroit doesn't seem like they have a Jerry Jones. I'm not saying Jerry does not pay a a, a big amount of money for head coaches, right? but he'll keep assistant coaches at a higher number, especially the offensive or defensive coordinator if he believes in them. I'm wondering if Ben Johnson got a raise to kind of say, I'm not going to go do that. I'm sticking with Dan Campbell. Could be a possibility, yeah. Maybe he set the number so high because he knew that Detroit would pay a certain number to him or they gave him an idea what he they would get. And he's like, all right, well, I'm taking this number to everybody else. And we'll see how that thing rocks. Because and if you're the if you're the GM in Detroit, you want to keep that consistency, that continuity with that team. Uh also K Darius Tony uh has set, or is back and practicing with the team. So we'll see if he oh, winds up playing. I hope not. And, he's horrible. <laughs> and doing anything. And the thing is he's not horrible. He's just not smart enough to play in the league. He's so good that if he's on the field, you're like, I gotta get him the ball. I have a mismatch right now. And then you throw it and he He's in the wrong spot. Something goes wrong. All right. I heard Bruce Bochy. Uh, he was on Sirius XM, and we will have – I'm looking forward. I hope we can have a lot more conversations with Bruce Bochy this season. And, you know, you get the world championship uh, season that you're riding Is on. Is it Wednesdays we usually get him at 1220? I it was Tuesdays. Tuesdays? Okay, Tuesdays at 1220. Could have been okay. Wednesdays. But, yeah, we'll, I will revisit that and see how it all goes. But it was just – it was so much fun. The dude's entertaining. His voice is easy to listen to. He's got a wealth of knowledge, and he brought the team a championship – and I'm sure we'll get our first visit with him whenever we land in uh, Arizona and surprise for spring training. We'll get the chance to kind of revisit everything with him. But he was talking about doing it again. And whenever he 
whenever he stepped up on the stage at the parade, Mike, I know we all kind of got everybody lost their minds when he was like, you know what? And I'm with y'all. I'd like to do this again. It was just like, oh my God. When his granddaughter said, I want to do it again. Yeah. And the whole place, the, the whole place just went in. I mean, 700,000 people losing their minds. It was a great moment. Uh, actually, I'm kind of trying to decide, was that better than the Corey Seager mic drop moment? Uh, because it just, like, both of them right there are competitive. Corey Seager has lots of great moments that are matched by somebody else, like Adolis and his home runs. But this is this is Bruce Bochy talking about that opportunity. Well, it's always, it's great to be in this position, have a chance to go back-to-back. And, you know, I've had three of those chances. That hasn't worked out. So, I, you know. It's, you know, there's little adjustments to be made. We've talked about that already going into spring training. But, you know, there's such a fine line between, you know, uh, watching guys in, in the spring because we have a short off season and uh, because you have to be ready when that season starts. It's that first month is, a, you know, that's a big month too. But these are things we'll talk about. But uh, I just hope we do what, what we did last year. I hope we stay healthier. First of all, but uh, I just hope that this club uh, has, shows that same ability to bounce back uh, through all the adversity and uh, you know get the same years that we got from our guys. And I'll take our chances. They, I think, when he talks about the ability to bounce back, that was massive on the Rangers this year. There, and he didn't he didn't say a lot there, you know. But he did. That's a big factor in what the Rangers did last year because every time you thought they. Okay, they're going to revert back to what we've always known from this this brand. They they turn around, they show no, they're we're actually a Bochi team. You know, well, we're I, fighters. I think here's the great thing about having Bruce Bochi after winning a championship is he understands because he's been to multiple World Series in his career. He understands the different off season that you have. Most teams ended their season at the end of September or in early October. Because if you made the playoffs and you lost in the divisional round or the wild card round, you didn't have really much of a playoff push. Your starting pitchers had to throw one more game. Yeah. Our starting pitchers had to throw five more games. And they had to go a whole more month. So if you're looking at Evaldi, I know Montgomery right now isn't on the team. And through Evan Grant, the likelihood of Montgomery being on the team is still at a very low probability. He's still a free agent. But you do have to look at your players who then had to play an extra month, and not only an extra month, but an extra month of super intense baseball. Super grind. I I love talking to David Murphy about this. He gave me an idea because I wasn't lucky enough or good enough to be in the playoffs and pitch in the playoffs or obviously be a position player in the playoffs. And he said, it's the only time in my career where you get to, at the end of the year, And you have to back off of your energy. In August and September, you have to try to find that extra energy because your body's wearing down on you. You're in game 120. You're in game 140. You're in game 160. And you're trying to find that extra energy because you are fatigued. You are a little bit hurt. Certain body parts aren't feeling good. And then you get to the playoffs and you have to back off to about 80% because the energy and the adrenaline you have is like college baseball again when he was at Baylor. It's like high school playoff baseball. So all of a sudden- You'd be exhausted every night. You know you don't have to- to add energy, you have to take off energy because you don't want to overswing because 80% of your swing is actually going to be 100% because all of a sudden the adrenaline is there and it's back to like a college 
conference championship environment. Yeah, and hitting it further isn't going to mean more runs. It's just it's going to be the same amount of runs. Yeah. Just and if you further. overswing, you're going to swing and miss. Yeah, and so you have to watch the energy level that you're playing at because you can't go to that hundred percent because that hundred percent is going to be too much. And when you're in September, it's interesting. You know, Murph, that's fascinating. It's fu- we should have Murph on in, in this spring training and talk about it because he can talk about making it to two World Series, what his off season was like, how different it was, and then also. That energy level, it was fun talking to him about that energy level you have in the playoffs. But the the other part of this is for, you know, during those those years, the Rangers, I still think they were kind of underlooked as a team. Not in 11, but in 10, yes. But even even in, in 11, it was like, there are other teams. We knew what that roster was, but the national media on it still was kind of like, yeah, but there's some other teams that are still better. I'll say this, as a player, I'll take the... Angels, for example, the Angels won the World Series in 2002. I was a still a young pitcher with the New York Mets in 2003. We went to Anaheim in interleague play, okay. and I knew I'm facing the world champs. Now, was it the exact world championship lineup? No, there were little nuances to the Angels that weren't the same, and the Angels didn't repeat as champs. They didn't come close to repeating as uh, World Series champions. But I knew I was pitching against the World Series champions in 2003 when I went to Anaheim. So I do think that's what the Rangers are going to have to deal with is most players – especially young ones, are going to be like, I'm taking on the World Series champ. It's going to mean more to me right now if I go to Arlington and beat the Texas Rangers in 2023 than it meant to me beating them in 2022. So let's go to Dan Campbell, who just I mean, lost in the NFC Championship game but got a team that was very underrated to a point where now everybody knows who they are. Look, I told those guys, this may have been our only shot. Do I think that? No. Do I believe that? No. However, I I know how hard it is to get here. I, I'm well aware. And it'll be, it's going to be twice as hard to get back to this point next year than it was this year. That's that's the reality. And if we don't have the same hunger and the same work, which is a whole nother thing, once we get the offseason, um, then we got no shot of getting back here. I don't care how much better we get or what we add or what we drive. It's irrelevant. Um, it's going to be tough. Everybody in our division is going to be loaded back up and, uh, you know, you're not hiding from anybody anymore. Everybody's going to want a piece of you, and uh, which is fine, you know, which is fine. But um, so it's hard. You want to make the most of every opportunity, and we, we had an opportunity, and we just couldn't close it out. And that's where I, love it. I think that I love it. in the middle of that, that's where the Rangers are now an even more extreme because the Rangers didn't lose in the ALCS. They won the World Series. And so for the Texas Rangers now, it's going to be twice as hard. So when they're playing the Minnesota Twins or they're playing the Kansas City Royals, they will look at it differently this year than playing the Rangers last year. They're going to look at it as we are playing the world champs. They're defending their title. We can make a name tonight. Let's win this series. Let's win tonight, man. If we beat Evaldi, we beat the guy who won game five last year in the World Series. I think he won game five. Might have got a no decision. I think he was the winning pitcher. Uh, but I think that this is going to be the tough part for the Texas Rangers. Yeah, no, and is that they are defending a title. So every night it's defending the title in, in Major League Baseball, and that makes it a lot tougher than what Baltimore is going to have to go through. Baltimore is not going to sneak up on anybody. Everybody saw what Baltimore did, winning that really tough division, a young team. I think Baltimore has a great chance to make the World Series this year. But 
they're not going to be the up-and-coming Baltimore Orioles now. They're going to be the division champ. So there's nuances to this. Yeah, and I, I think going to the Dan Campbell reference, I love hearing a coach recognizing that, recognizing that his team doesn't understand that either because a lot of those guys are young and just – yeah. Their careers are just starting. Now, Jared Goff probably does. Because he's, been, he's to been, the, there. been to the Super Bowl and lost. And he needs to be the dude carrying the flag in that locker room every day. You know, walking in going, guys, don't forget. We haven't done anything yet. We're, we, still, we still have a lot more we want to accomplish. That's got to be that thing. And I think the first time I heard this mindset, because you talked about the adrenaline part of it. They're talking about the mindset to work through it now and get to get back there. Yeah, you now you have to tell yourself, you have to block the part of you that's like, I can take a day off. I'm a champion. I can, I can, I don't have to do that. I'm, I'm a champion. You have to block that part off and say, I want to do it again. That's more important to me yeah. than, than, than just kind of getting this extra five minutes of rest today here's, or whatever, or whatever else is going on in my life. Here's the great thing is it's not just Bochi with this experience. Cause he does. He has a lot of it. Corey Seager won the division every year. He was with the Dodgers and they won the COVID world series. So he knows what it's like to go to World Series and lose. He knows what it's like to go to World Series and win now twice. Mm -hmm. And he knows what it's like to have that spotlight on you and that target on your team. And so he's done that his whole career with the Dodgers. I think he honestly really struggled with the Rangers his first year because they weren't a competitive team. It was the first year in his life that he didn't make the playoffs or even compete for a playoff spot. And then you have Nathan Avaldi. He won in 2018 with the Boston Red Sox and came back. You have guys like Max Scherzer who won with the Washington Nationals and came back and who has been in uh, you know championship situations and then didn't win the championship. But he knows what it's like to have that spotlight on you and have that that target on your team. Uh, I think Jacob Degrom, in a way, can help Just out with that. Having played in New York like that, yeah. So I, I think that the Rangers do have examples of not only Bruce Bochy. But they have examples of some of their best players, their best starting pitcher, their best overall position player that can help out with what it's going to take to win 90 games again. Because winning 90 games is not easy to do. In the first place, yeah. And so can the Rangers win 90 games again and make the playoffs and then put themselves in a position to win? Because if they can get into the playoffs – and if Jacob DeGrom is healthy, and if Max Scherzer is healthy, and if, I know Nathan Navaldi was last year, but we were having major question marks as if he was healthy yeah. going into the playoffs. If you have those three guys healthy and your team is healthy, the Rangers can repeat as world champs. But to get to that 90 wins is going to be probably the toughest thing that they have to do and accomplish. I do love that they want it on the part of, because when you lose it, in that kind of an emotional stance, and you're always chasing that adrenaline again. When you've won it, I feel like there's a difference. Like, you you know, now you feel like you know. I mean, I, you hate saying it. Teams do get tired of winning. The Dallas Cowboys got tired of winning. The 1996, 1997, 1998 Dallas Cowboys, that by 98, you could argue they didn't have the talent. But they got They'd won three in four years. It was now, it was women, it was drugs, it was money. It was, I'm not saying everybody. I'm not saying Troy and Emmett fell into that. Michael Irvin fell into that trap tremendously. Other players followed Michael Irvin down those traps. We saw some people from the 12 Rangers the years after that. They they had won and they got to that point. 
And then they were like, I don't know if I want to continue doing those things yeah. that it takes to get to there. Maybe because they were hurt from losing it, but also because they had other things on their mind, contracts and all those things too. Isn't it going to be fun as a Texas Ranger fan? We've never defended the World Series championship. We've defended the American League championship a couple times. We've never defended the World Series championship. And it's almost impossible to repeat. To be honest, it's almost impossible to repeat uh, in baseball, it's almost impossible to repeat in all of these sports. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Rangers respond, especially as Bo- Bochi talked about, in April and in May to being the World Series champs. I, I think, though, like you just pointed out, a lot of those names, you got a lot of guys that are willing to put that put the backpack on and say, let's go. Let's get to work. We got a lot to do. All right, coming up next here on the KNC Masterpiece, it's time for the lunch rush. It's the expressway. Five significant questions about this Super Bowl, and Mike likes it. Next. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. The fan. Back here on the KNC Masterpiece on 105.3 The Fan, just complimenting Mike about his baseball conversations, as always. Uh, it is time for the expressway. It's the lunch rush, everybody. So if you're driving around out there, make sure that all your friends are tuned in to us. It is 35 uninterrupted minutes of sports conversation. And, Mike, we have to have this discussion right now, and I'm furious. Okay. I think this is a crock of S, all right? Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Yeah. Is going to be on the cover of the MLB The Show for 2024 this year. Well, let's talk about this. First of all, I barely know who's ever on the cover of this. I do know Shohei has recently been on it because I just know that my I bought this for my kids. I think they just download it now. Yes. I don't think... I, mo- haven't, I haven't purchased the actual real one in a long time. So, I, I guess that this still is a big deal even though... What would you say? 90% of people are just downloading this to their PlayStation 5? When you open the game up, though, when you turn the game on, that cover, that, okay, that dude's going to be okay. in that picture right there. And I do believe, was it Jazz Chisholm last year was on the okay. on the cover? All right. Uh, and I, I actually have a list of everyone since 1997, so that's kind of crazy, I would too. say in the last five years, and maybe less, but in the last 
three years for sure. We don't buy the game anymore. We just download the game. The boy, my son is going to turn 16 here in late April. So he always asks for this and says, can this be one of my birthday presents, but can we get it early? So when the game is downloadable, he downloads it on the first day, and we're just always like, remember, that was one of the birthday presents you wanted. <laughs> yes. So it was uh, Shohei in 22, okay, and it was Tatis Jr. the year before that, and then the year before that, Javi Baez, and then the year before that, Bryce Harper. So I, it doesn't follow like a hard and fast rule of whoever the MVP was or whatever, but they yeah. try to put famous faces on there because this is their opportunity to try and market. And Mike, you played the game a little bit with us. You saw how the cards were lined up and how the yeah. players were on teams. How you and, get like dynasty teams or whatever. Yeah, and and it, and it's kind of fun to you. It's like collecting cards where yeah. this is how you learn players. This is how you can learn who these guys are. And that's how my sons know players on teams. They know it more through playing the game, the the video game, than they do watching all the games. So I get. How it's very valuable to learn the league for adults and for, for, you know, teenagers in playing this game. What's interesting, though, is, and you said Jazz Chisholm last year, which does ring a bell because then I'm like, gosh, I guess Jazz Chisholm does show up on this <laughs> when they pull this game up, is that's interesting because Toronto's not a big market. He's not their best player. Bo Bichette's their best player. He's a better player. Like, Vlad, honestly, this is a year where for Vlad Jr., this is a make or break year for for him. Yes. For for me on like, is he just another guy or is he an above average player? Because at this point, he's starting to trend towards more just an average player in the league than a special player. The the other thing too, and somebody, would it have been cool if they would have put Vlad Senior and Vlad Junior cool. on that, it together, be just cool. because now because they have so many. You can have Nolan Ryan when he was wild throwing 150 miles an hour for the New York Mets, or you can have him pitching for the Angels where he's, like, dominating everything. So I just felt like because they use so many retro players, too, I thought, man, if you had junior and senior on there, that would be really cool for the Vlads. I think it would be – so, and I have bias here, but I felt like Adolis – and you were showing me some, uh, is it Stadium Club stadium cards? Stadium Club cards do a great job of capturing moments. And I think there are some really cool Adolis moments that just looking at a picture and a cover picture with him, you're going to get, the, I think, the chills from, oh, yeah, that moment. I remember this. The home run he hit against Minnesota where we were at. The Any any of the games during the playoffs, plenty of those that you could throw on there. But Corey Seager has multiple ones that I think would have been perfect. And here's the other thing, Mike. How many more copy? I don't know. I feel like Rangers fans, because somebody said this from the 817, I'd buy a hard copy oh, and get it signed. if they had a Ranger on the cover. Probably to go take it to go get it signed. That that would be just as much. So Hold on, that's 80 bucks, I believe. You got a Corey Seager card, autograph, is, yeah. or you got a card. I don't know if it's 80 bucks, but I'm taking that to the line with me. I'm going to go say, hey, Corey Seager, would you mind signing this? And he's signing my copy of MLB The Show. Well, and then I wonder... I mean, I hate saying this, but we found out the Rangers are not a national product. In fact, I was going to talk a lot of, a little bit about this, and and Mike likes it through Trevor Bauer in a video that I just just saw him shoot. Is I get maybe if you don't want to put Corey Seager on there because he's not on a popular team, but the Blue Jays aren't a popular team. No. So that was the weird part. Is I thought 
I can understand if you wanted to go a little bit younger and you wanted to go with maybe Adley Rushman or Gunnar Henderson because you think the the Baltimore Orioles are going to be this really fun and upcoming team that could do something special. Or if you wanted to just make it as easy as possible, don't you just put Shohei in a Dodgers uniform? <laughs> You're damn right right there. That like, isn't that the e- – that would be the easiest decision to be like, let's just put Shohei on there and uh, put him in a Dodgers uniform because now he's not in an Angels uniform. But if you're like, well, we just recently used him. I don't know. You have the list in front of you. Have they ever used Mookie Betts? Because he's a very entertaining player, and he's a Dodger on one of the most popular teams. So it's just interesting to me. Aaron Judge, did you name Aaron Judge? Nope. Yankees, Aaron Judge. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know. That doesn't make sense. You could put. You could put in a way. I don't know how you do this with uh, family members and stuff to make sure. But Aaron Judge and Babe Ruth. On the uh, like, why don't they That'd put a, so fun, why don't yeah. they put a veteran guy with the current guy? Since this, it seems like to me. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't play this game. My kids do. They do play with a lot of retro players on that game. Oh yeah, I, I had Al Kaline on one of my teams. Uh, there, I mean, there are plenty of guys. You're trying to get the Mickey Mantle cards. You're trying to get those okay. those guys on your squad. I mean, when we were playing, Mike, you and I played against each other. I believe you pitched with Nolan Ryan, and you hit one of my players. I, t- I hit so many players, the game stopped. <laughs> they just said, you're done. You're not playing it correctly. You've decided to stop playing correctly. <laughs> um, here's another thing I was just thinking about. My son loves creating himself and then coming up through a farm yep. system to make the major leagues. Yeah. You could, if you wanted to, put Paul Skeens on there, the number one overall pick. And then also he'd be in a Pittsburgh uniform and and then maybe you put a current player with them too. Like that could be another thing too. You could use uh, the superstar minor league guy. I mean, I'm going to be biased here. What if you had a copy of Wyatt Lankford and Corey Seager? Oh, by the way, they're saying that Judge was on the 18th. Okay, My, so then, I didn't so then I didn't maybe, go that far. so then maybe you know, obviously, if you've been on the cover in the last five to seven years, you're eliminated because you've already been on the cover. But I don't know. You could do something cool with retro current player, or you could do something cool with like, hey, you you're playing in all these minor league parks, trying to come up through the minors to make the show MLB the show. Yeah, I uh, you could you could take a person like you could put Jackson Holiday on there. And you could put Cal Ripken Jr. on there. Now, you don't have a current player on there, so maybe your current player is a minor leaguer, probably going to start the year in the major leagues in holiday. But. I do wonder, too, like, because somebody did say covers all about the name to sell more. I don't know what the vote numbers were, but if all-star voting numbers, they say this dude got the most vo- votes, maybe that's the guy they rock with. So, anyway, I'm ticked off okay. about it because I think the Rangers deserve more respect after the World Series. I hope every one of those players gets a copy of Vlad Guerrero in their in their lockers at spring training to motivate them to go out and kick some ass this year because they got disrespected yet again. I don't know if that's going to help, but hey, maybe it will. All right, on to the five most important questions for the Super Bowl. Now, I'd, I've, I've gone through this, Mike. I thought you would enjoy this because... There's a lot of conversation about Mahomes and the Chiefs. And, I'm excited this. about this Super Bowl. I think it's a great matchup, one of the best we could have gotten. And and you're and there are some people that disagree with that, but you're not just saying that to troll Cowboys. Fans. Not at all. Okay. I think first of all, San Francisco proved to be the best team in the NFC. They have an interesting story. They took with the last pick in the draft, Brock Purdy. He's in his second year. Last year, after he got his elbow destroyed, the game ended. I think last year was an interesting matchup, too, because the guy who finished first in MVP voting and second in MVP voting were facing each off, facing each, facing off against each other in the Super Bowl. And this year, once again, 
any Super Bowl with the best player in your sport, Patrick Mahomes, is probably going to be pretty good. And then on the other side, yeah, Detroit could have been a fun story too, but I think this is a obviously the perfect matchup would have been probably for them is the Cowboys versus the Chiefs, I guess. Like really if, if you picked out of all the teams in the NFL, what would be the the one that would draw the most eyes, even though the NFL doesn't have problem drawing eyes for the Super Bowl? Yeah, I don't think Ravens would have drawn that many eyes. But yeah, Cowboys v. anybody, but Chiefs probably because yeah. they're, they've... I was thinking maybe Buffalo, uh, but Josh Allen doesn't have the same name as Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I... I don't even know if Raiders would still be in that conversation like yeah. they used to be. I guess if the game's in Vegas Steelers, and you have the Raiders. Maybe the Steelers, but that's still a different deal. All right. All right. Number Question number one. Do the Chiefs need a huge game from Patrick Mahomes to win this game? No, but I would lean towards likely. Okay. Their defense is good enough that they could maybe make this something like a 24 to 20 ball game. And so usually if you only put up 24 points, you'd say, well, that wasn't a huge game. But I think he's so smart. Like, I'll disagree with Sean Sharif a little bit on this. Patrick Mahomes was great in the AFC championship game. They only put up 17 points. So you'd be like, that is stupid. But I do think we are so caught up in fantasy numbers in our world now yeah. that we don't, we don't realize what a great game can be from a quarterback when it's not 35-plus points. And so I will say, statistic-wise, he doesn't have to throw for 300-plus yards and four touchdowns. He's if he, averaged if he 239 does, this year. Yeah, if he does, they're winning the game easily. They're in the playoffs. He only had 241 and mo- I think 24. Uh, of his 39 targets went to Pacheco. So he was he's checking down a lot. It's not like he's pushing it downfield a whole, whole lot. And you're right. Their defense has been really good. Now, they they lost one of their best edge rushers. Uh, they're going to have to deal with that. Or one of their very good edge rushers, they're going to have to deal with that. But their defense under Steve Spagnuolo has been very, very, Spagnuolo has been very, very good. Are there any more questions about Brock Purdy? Sure. Uh, I, I think that now you get to the Super Bowl. And yeah. we like defining things, and then we get to the Super Bowl or the NBA Finals. Hey, what was – I know this is different. What was Dirk Nowitzki's definition as he entered the 2006 NBA Finals? He's taken the major step up. He's now a superstar, this and that. Then they lose a 2-0 series lead and lose four in a row, and the story totally changed. He wins the MVP, and then they lose in the first round. So think about – if he wins that first championship and then loses in the first round as the MVP, it's not that big of a deal. Right. It's a deal. Yeah. Guess what? Tim Duncan lost as a one seed two to the Memphis Grizzlies. Nobody cares or remembers that. Because he ended up with multiple championships. Right. So you look at it and I'd say, yes, there's still, I will say a lot of questions. I brought it up earlier in Mike Ask All the Football Questions. If Brock Purdy doesn't play good in this game and they lose the Super Bowl, do the 49ers go, don't worry about it. We still got our guy. We're going to give him the $60 million a year when it's time to give him that. Or do they go, hey, do we draft another quarterback and give Brock Purdy one more year? And if it's not working out, we could maybe trade him and then just go on to another rookie contract deal. Yeah, I think I think the questions in this game that I think you can answer, because the last two playoff games, he has started slow and finished strong. Yeah. So I guess my big question right now is because you'll see texts that come in frequently of, hey man, I don't, I still don't think that this dude's good. 
I don't think he's a good. Did you watch him play? And the eyeball test early in games is he he doesn't look good. Now he his team keeps him in it. His offensive coordinator keeps the guys believing in their system. And then late in games, they make the plays that matter that put them in position to win. And Detroit collapsed. Green Bay had those moments too, where they collapsed. I don't know that the Chiefs will collapse. Like that's the that's the the one difference is I don't think the Chiefs are going to fall apart. So the will he have that opportunity? Can he answer that question early in the game and say we're going to be good the whole game, not just the end of it? So I'll say this, and this is kind of giving Dak a compliment. Maybe people don't think it is. I do think Purdy's in tier three of quarterbacks, and if he wins the Super Bowl. And let's just say he plays well. If they win the Super Bowl 17 to 10 and you're just like, he didn't play very well, it was McCaffrey doing a lot, then maybe I don't move him up. Tier two for me has Josh Allen and Joe Burrow in it. And I know Burrow got hurt this year, but I still think Burrow is arguably the second best quarterback in the NFL when healthy. I'll move Purdy into that category. Like Lamar Jackson, I'm struggling if he's in tier two or tier three, by the way, in my tier. Patrick Mahomes is tier one and nobody else comes close to it. Then tier two, I know that Josh Allen and Joe Burrow are in it for me. And I'm like, if Purdy wins this Super Bowl in his second year and plays well in this Super Bowl, I think I'm pushing him into he's a tier two. Tier three has a lot of guys that kind of Dak Prescott, Jared Goff, Brock Purdy, uh, I don't know if Justin Herbert's in there for me, but I can see where he would be because of the talent, a tier three quarterback. I'm going off the top of my head. Sorry if I'm forgetting people, but like that's that's kind of where I have Purdy in that he's above average, an above average quarterback, but he hasn't separated himself from the pack. And I feel Patrick Mahomes, huge separation. Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, from what I see, I believe that they've separated themselves from the pack too. I'm... A lot of people will have that. Well, I mean, Shanahan, it's Purdy. It's Shanahan, it's Purdy. I always believe it's Was it Bill both. Walsh or was it Joe Montana? Yeah, and I don't know how many times we look at quarterbacks and say they didn't have a good play caller. The, the, right. that, that went on to do great things. Now, maybe Tom Brady, because none of his play callers were like, like went on to have great careers afterwards. Yeah. We'd have but, to ask Broadus or somebody yeah. older about um, – Chuck Knoll yeah. and Terry Bradshaw winning North, four Super Bowls. North Turner is beloved because yeah. of what the plays that he called in that Cowboys offense. Andy Reid, I think I think Andy Reid and Mahomes go hand in hand together. But Andy Reid needed Mahomes. I mean, there's proof that of that. Right. And Mahomes has not had anything else other than Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy working together in that. So I think that combination is a huge part of it. If you get stuck with crap coaches, you're probably going to end up being a crap quarterback in the end of the things. These things. That's just the way. Or at least goes. you don't reach your your, your peak. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number three, can the Niners solve Kansas City's defense? That like we look yes. back and they've been their defense has been so good. I do think this watching 141 yards at halftime of rushing. Um, sorry, I'm going opposite here, but I was thinking of the opposite. But. I still, I still think this. I do think Christian McCaffrey could put Kansas City in a tough position. And then does it open it up for Debo and Ayuk? Ayuk's probably a better re- – do you think Ayuk's a better receiver than Debo? Um, whew, yes. But I think Debo's a football player and Ayuk is a – he's a legitimate – like he can do yeah, downfield like the, stuff. The route yeah. running and getting yeah. open on routes, I think that Ayuk's probably a little bit better. But Debo's such a special weapon that you can use in yeah. different ways. And I, I do think like in his physical style's different. Like he's just a – he's a Swiss yeah. Army knife. It'll just be interesting because if McCaffrey 
is having a great early start. I, I just wonder what Kansas City, they're going to do well, but I just wonder when you're putting together a scouting report on Ayuk, Debo, and Kittle, how does it go? How, what is your, who's your concentration on? I know McCaffrey's maybe first, but I'm just wondering, we know with like the Cowboys, it's CD lamb. If you slow down CD lamb, let's see what Ferguson and cooks and Tolbert or whoever can do. So we know that, but I'm wondering with San Francisco, nobody's as good as CD lamb on the outside, but who do they say we need to make the game more difficult on this guy? Yeah, no, I, I, it, it becomes a very tough, like, Hey, today your assignment is this, this is going to, you got to make it tough on that guy. Cause if you can't make it tough on that guy, we're going to have a problem stopping this other dude on the other side of the field and then making sure that McCaffrey gets tackled. Yeah. It's a, it is a very difficult lot. I think Legereus Sneed and Trip McDuffie, they've been very good uh, in the secondary and that's been one like they're aggressive yeah, up sure. front. So I, this is a great pairing. It's a great pairing because uh, of the matchups that, you, that you're going to be able to see there. I, whoever Kansas City secondary coaches, he's done a good job with maybe not the most premium guys. Because I can't remember the guy that the Cowboys released. I think he was from Oregon, like a seventh round pick, and he would just pass interfere. I felt like every play. And the Cowboys released him early in his career, and he went over to Kansas City. I don't think he's there anymore. He's gone on from team to team, but I thought, man, Kansas City got a lot out of a guy who looked like he couldn't play for the Dallas Cowboys. How much time do you need for Mike Likes It here, Mike? Because no, I got two more questions. Go ahead. Okay. I don't need that much time. Can Kyle Shanahan outwit Andy Reid? I think this is a fun question because both of them are super creative thinkers when it comes to the way that they call their offenses. And the like the Andy Reid said, I'm going to throw a pass to Marquez Valdez-Scantling on third and nine. And it was a 32-yard completion. And he's like, let's throw this one. Now, obviously, Mahomes sees it and says, I got the dude wide open. I don't know. if Did, did we see if Valdez Scantling throws his hand up like Isaiah Likely? No. Uh, and, and I just I, – I, the, the decisions that they make at the times that they make them and then some of the creative play calling that they come up with. Now, I know Andy Reid like, gives his guys every week. He gives them a segment of, of practice to come up with their own plays. And every once in a while, he'll go, I like that play. We're going to steal it. We're going to use it. And they go out there and run it. These two guys are are very intelligent coaches. Can Shanahan outwit Andy Reid? Yes. And you know what I'm surprised with? I know this is a little bit off topic, but on topic here, I was thinking if Kyle Shanahan wins this one and he keeps coaching the 49ers the way he is, he's a Hall of Fame coach. And I'm like, has there ever been a father and son in pro football make the Hall of Fame as coaches? And now I'm looking at Mike Shanahan. He's 71 years old, so he has time. Two-time Super Bowl champ with Denver. I don't see on his pro football reference page that he's in the Hall of Fame. And I would have thought a a coach that had as much success as he had in the NFL and a two-time champ, it says here – it would say it on his Wikipedia page yeah. too, and it doesn't. It's not on there. I mean, maybe then. I guess. I mean, if Kyle Shanahan. Oh, let me ask you this: since since Kyle Shanahan uh, has this chance to outwit Andy Reid and win his first Super Bowl and his second tr- try, is Kyle Shanahan going to be a better coach than Mike Shanahan, his dad? When we compare the two, um, and it maybe because. Like he's changing, he's he's utilizing a lot of the same things that he learned, but he's just adding elements to it. 
uh, more motion, of course, and all that stuff. But like Man. he's he's taken the game to a different place too. Mike Shanahan's career record surely took a hit when he went to Washington. <laughs> but the foundation, yes, that, that probably if he had retired, let's look at Jimmy Johnson. Well, Jimmy Johnson goes to the Dolphins, but even still, but if if he'd have retired afterwards and just said, "Hey, I'm I'm living off these two Super Bowl championships." Maybe it's a little bit different there. And also, maybe if he had somebody fighting for him in a different way, uh, that's probably one for sure. Okay. And then the last question, will Travis Kelsey remind us once again that he still has plenty left in the tank? I have been shocked on how great he's played in the playoffs because in, in the regular season, I felt like we're seeing the, in a way, they're different players, but the Jason Witten decline Kelsey was better in the open field than Witten, and Witten's a easy Hall of Famer. But um, I thought, like when you saw, kind of as there was rumblings, <laughs> you know, the the funny one when I was with G Bag Nation and Dawson, uh, I think called him an old fogey uh, when it came to Witten, <laughs> and it was like he could still play, but he wasn't Jason Witten what he used to be. Yeah. And I'm not saying Travis Kelsey got were to a little that stiffer, yeah. but I feel like watching this season of Kansas City Chiefs football, you'd say Travis Kelsey is going backwards in his career now he's reached the peak and now he's on the downside and we can see his career starting to go downhill how slow of a downhill we'll see in 2024 and and if he plays in like let's say 2025 but then you watch him in this playoffs and you're like whoa he's back to the best tight end in football again yeah he looks like he's playing inspired uh and he looks like all those things that this season i i thought and he and, and Mahomes just aren't on the same page. They, there were times where you could even see he looked like, I don't know what I'm doing right now. And all of a sudden, they get back in the playoffs, and it's just clicking again. Yeah. And they look like the, they've been doing it for years, which they have. All right, Mike, it's time for Mike Likes It. Okay, so I'm going to go to baseball here after we just did football. And I was watching a Trevor Bauer video, and I'm sorry, Corey, I should have told you to watch this. It's not very long, but this was interesting to me. And I understand where Trevor Bauer's coming from. First of all, who's Trevor Bauer, if you're not much of a baseball fan? He was a great pitcher in baseball, not liked by his coaches or teammates for the most part. And then uh, you probably know the story about him and the young lady that supposedly he had abused, and it pretty much came out that she was making up a lot of that story. Um, really, so, really thoughtful on pitching. Like, yeah, very good. And has a on great pitching. YouTube channel, and he went over to Japan last year and did great. And he did so great. A lot of Ranger fans were asking, "Hey, could you bring Bauer over to help you out while these guys are hurt?" And I don't think the Rangers have any interest in that. And it looks like all twenty nine other teams don't have any interest in bringing Trevor Bauer back to Major League Baseball. So he's he's getting blackballed out of baseball. Oh. He, he can go play yep. in Japan, but he is not. I don't think he's going to play Major League Baseball ever again. He is he is out, and so he's frustrated with that a lot. That he went from making forty million dollars a year pitching to now. I don't know what he makes over in Japan. I'm going to guess three to five million dollars, which is still good money. But, you know, he should be making about 40 million dollars right now in a Cy Young candidate in baseball. He's still that good, but nobody really wants him because of the person that he is, not the pitcher that he is and the teammate that he is. They're not crazy about him as a teammate. So anyways, he puts out a video the other day and he says, hey. Baseball numbers are down. It was the lowest watch World Series ever. And I do think this. This stinks because this is our team. But the Rangers and the Diamondbacks just don't have a big market. I think people here love the Texas Rangers. I don't even know if people in Arizona love the Arizona Diamondbacks. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not there a lot, but 
Obviously, I don't think it didn't that, feel like that stadium was absolutely it, packed. Right. And so it's just that dang Until, it, that was not a historic matchup. That was not, you know, the biggest and best matchup. People got to learn more about Corey Seager and, you know, get to know a little bit more about Marcus Simeon. And then everybody else on the Rangers was kind of an unknown. People will still say to this day, Josh Jung. And they don't know that it's Young. And I like he's done enough now that you would think, well, Young's an easy name to pronounce, but it is spelt Jung. But you're just like, you're at that point right now where the Rangers and the Diamondbacks didn't have much of a market. So Bauer takes a little bit of a shot at the ratings in baseball, especially for the World Series. And he goes to Dick's Sporting Goods and he buys 10 baseball gloves. And he's going to give away these 10 baseball gloves. He's going to randomly go up to people in different settings and ask if they want to have a catch. And then after the catch is over, they're going to talk baseball. So it's not hard catch. For most of the people, they barely played baseball. Some of them never played. Some of them have played. And they're just talking about baseball. What do you like about baseball? What do you dislike about baseball? Do you still watch baseball? And it's really, it's a great video. I would tell you to go to YouTube. Trevor Bauer puts out great videos. And this is about, he he gets answers from people that are different and they contradict some like the pitch clock that still watch some don't like the pitch clock and they want that nuance of the pitcher you know having that time to get ready for the pitch but he's just like how do we get people into playing baseball again because he goes to a pickleball court and right next to it is like four a four pack of baseball fields not being used at all and this pickleball court which is like i don't know eight to ten pickleball courts there's people waiting to play because the pickleball courts are all oh, yeah. taken up and it's how do we get people, and he talks about how kids aren't playing as much baseball as they used to, at least the numbers are down in registration. And I do think that has to do a lot with money. Baseball's an expensive sport, and unfortunately, it's become more of an expensive sport the further we go down the road with how much things cost, how much it costs to join leagues or play in tournaments. And then travel, yeah. And there's travel, and then if you do get into the select ball, which seems to be the thing that you have to do, it's... I mean, I'm honest here. This pushes people away. And, and I hate $500 bat every year. It's about for a kid somewhere between the ages of eight and 14. It's about $5,000 a year to play baseball. Ooh, well, tough. that's not the same for basketball. Right. You know, so uh, it's why people, I think, pickleball. Right? You go find a paddle and a wiffle ball and you're ready to go for the most part. So um, I think it's tough to get people re-engaged in baseball or engaged at all if they become an adult. So I'm asking this question off of the Trevor Bauer video that I recommend watching. It's fun. Is what sport do you think is the toughest to become a fan of if you never played as a child and you never watched until you're an adult? Ooh. So you uh, didn't play it as a kid, you didn't watch it as a kid, and now you're an adult, never played it, never watched it. What sport do you think is the easiest to be like, I love watching this sport, even though I have no clue what's happening right now? Like one night I'm gonna wa- I'm gonna sit down and watch hockey. Uh just because they're in it seems like there are limited rules, but the, like I I was very lucky that Razor was there, Razor and Ralph were there to explain the game to me when I was in high school. Because I, that's how I learned ba- how I learned hockey was those guys were experts on it and they would tell me why this rule just happened. What is icing? You know, I think that's the that's usually the, the the most difficult part. But why is that offsides? I think that a lot of there are some little nuances that people struggle to understand. So that one for me, I feel like is difficult having not ever played it. 
But again, I don't know because I did grow up playing baseball and soccer and basketball. I did play all of those growing up. So I feel like that one. But if I'm watching a new basketball game, I'm confused on fouls a lot. I'm like, I don't understand why that was a foul. Uh, So so that, that comes into it. And my kid... He wants to play football and he's interested in it, but he's he's still trying to figure out. As a matter of fact, Mike, I might have a video here in just a little bit of four rules uh, that need to be uh, checked into on the in the NFL uh, to see if those need to be changed. Because my kid had the same questions on why is that a rule? So the NFL has a lot of different rules that are confusing, but I would say hockey for me for sure. Okay, and and for me, I'm going to tell you one that I tried to, and this was in Oxnard. We had random channels in Oxnard, and I tried watching cricket. I couldn't figure that out to save my life because I know there's, it's baseball-like. I know it's, you know, because there's a ball being thrown and there's a bat slash paddle hitting the ball. But, man, watching that, I was like, I don't know how I could ever understand this or get into it. And I just wonder when Trevor Bauer was doing this and trying to engage these adults into a sport that they didn't watch or play for the most part. I just don't know how you get into it. And for me, I was wondering, is baseball the easiest when you become an adult? Because the the pace of it is, yes, they've picked up the pace of it, but there is time to talk. I don't know if there's time to talk during a basketball or hockey game. Does that make sense? Because everything's in action. So by the time you've asked that question, you've tried to, I don't understand this. Let me explain this to you. The person watching the game that understands everything is like, what, are you talking about what happened three minutes ago? Because there's been 15 different things that have happened in these three minutes. And basketball can kind of be the same yeah. thing. Is that it's moving at a pace that I, it did seem like when he talked to young adults, they liked basketball because they liked the cultural influence. They liked the basketball shoes. They liked the, the current music that they play. Right. It's all about the culture of today. I do think that I you wear out of that a little bit. I'm 46 years old. There's I don't care about today's culture. I don't care about what's happening with 15 to 25 year olds. The only reason I care about it is because I have three kids around that age. But like, I don't care about today's music. I don't care about the culture today. I think it's stupid. So like, I just I struggle with that, and I just wonder if that happens in basketball, where basketball fans like me start easing out of the sport and going more towards like a baseball or a football or a hockey because we're like that's just all about that's all teenager young 20 stuff that they, that, that that sports about i i kind of want to get more into adult sports yeah the you know with with cricket one thing jared called me one day and was like look dude if you ever want to go sit with my dad and watch a cricket match because he's he knows it very well I happen to, we happen to have uh, uh an area to play in our neighborhood and I did sit and watch one day and I was like, okay, I kind of get what they're doing because I could see when they were cheering. But Mike, to, to that point, having an announcer, John Madden taught me football. I, I learned football because John Madden was like, here's what just happened. And you're like, oh, well, that makes a lot of sense. And now it feels like Greg Olson's trying to cram in a lot of information that I'm like, I don't know, that uh, somebody new to it might be very confused about. But I think, you know, understanding announcers is is super helpful all the time. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. 
and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.